Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hi, this is Kendra. And I'm Ann. And you are listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. And we are so glad to have you. Um, We would love to connect with you. If you haven't yet found us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. We love chatting um, and hearing your prayer requests. You can also email us at hannahsheart at afa.net. And we're on YouTube as well. But today we are going to launch into an exciting ministry um, and and hear of an amazing woman who um, God led to to start this ministry. So the ministry is called Sarah's Laughter. um, and it offers faith-based Christian support to couples struggling with infertility or the death of a baby. And um, as Ann and I were praying about starting Hannah's Heart, we knew that what we get to do on the radio um, is just the beginning of the the really comfort that couples need. Right, There's right. a lot of counseling and need for support groups and so much when you're in the middle of that mm-hmm. process. So we said, we've got to find some trustworthy organizations that are right. going to give biblically-based counseling. And Anne, you encountered Sarah's laughter during your infertility journey, didn't you? I sure did. I sure did. I felt like I knew Beth. I just needed her to you know, come to my house or something to talk. <laughs> and you listen to her podcast a I lot, listened right? To, yep, every episode. Um, it, at, at that time, I finished all of them. But yeah, she would uh, be in the garage, you know, with me, working with me as I, I was it. listening to them. That's what I felt like. So she definitely brought a lot of comfort my way and didn't even realize it. So hey, uh, Hannah's heart, I meant Sarah's laughter has had mm-hmm. a whole lot to do with um me responding well to infertility because mm-hmm. I really feel like before I found her podcast and then the Joy and in Infertility podcast, I really was not responding well, mm-hmm. like how the Lord would have me um, to respond to infertility. Well, the person of which we speak is Miss Beth Forbus, and she is the founder and president of Sarah's Laughter. Um, and she has also written several books dealing with um, infertility and child loss. Um, she has a lot of speaking engagements and some um, awesome conferences that are hosted around infertility. We're going to get into all of that, but let me introduce wonderful Miss Beth. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be on your show, and it it um, it makes my heart flutter, and to hear you say that you had uh, been a listener on our podcast. So, oh, well, <laughs> it's such a it really is a joy to be here with you on this show. Well, thank well, you. Just to get us started, Beth, why don't you back up and tell us a little bit about your journey and how God led you to start Sarah's Laughter? Well. You know, we were, our story really wasn't a whole lot different than um, most people, I think, who go through infertility. Uh, Jason and I and my husband had, we had gotten married and, and we had that same dream that most people have. We wanted to 
start our family. We we had been married right at a year, not quite a year, and we decided it was time. And so uh, we began trying to have a baby and had no reason to suspect there would be a problem. And we did everything right, everything according to, you know, how you're supposed to do things. I even went to the doctor to tell her that we were going to get pregnant now, and I just wanted her to know so she could, you know, clear her books for me because I would be her favorite patient. She just wasn't aware yet, you know, and, you know, we, we began trying to have that baby. And I remember, and I just cringe at my naivety. I told my mother it, it, in March is when we started trying to have a baby. And I told her, I said, you know, Mama, this does mean we could have a baby by Christmas. Oh, and, oh that's and what I we all say so many times. Yes. yes. I, I look back at my poor naive self, you know, and just the ignorance that mm-hmm. I was walking in in those moments. And I just think, oh, bless my heart. <laughs> you know, bless because my heart. I had, I had no idea what I was heading into. Well, that's you just know, the innocence, I, I feel like, bef- that you can yeah. still have before infertility. That you know? it, yeah, and it just kind of gets ripped away from Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but obviously that didn't happen for us. And I remember the doctor telling me that if nothing had happened in six months to come back, which was really, uh, looking back on it, I believe it was the hand of God even in that or in those early days of my infertility because most doctors will tell you to wait a year. And mm-hmm. I was, mm-hmm. excuse me, I, I was under 35 even. And so um, her telling me to come back in six months if it hadn't happened. And I marked six months on my calendar. And I remember um, when that six-month day showed up, mm. I showed up at that doctor's <laughs> office. And with, I don't even think I made an appointment, which I realize now is incredibly irritating. <laughs> so to all the scheduling folks in doctor's offices, I apologize for people like me. But she said six months. I went at six months. And I remember sitting in that doctor's office that day and had not conceived in six months, which felt like a year and a half mm-hmm. at least to me that day. But I remember thinking while I waited for them to, to draw my blood and everything, I remember thinking to myself, this day is either going to change my life or I won't remember it very soon. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they drew blood and they did what they needed to do. And I started getting my first of several infertility diagnoses. Mm. I was diagnosed with PCOS and my gynecologist began to do what, what they did and start running some tests. And it became very apparent very quickly that I was a case that was over her head. And they sent me to who I realized shortly was a, 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 a reproductive endocrinologist that was handpicked by God himself, I sincerely <laughs> believe, for our journey. Mm. Um, and I began to pick up more diagnoses. I was diagnosed with endometriosis and pelvic adhesions and all of these lovely things that come with an infertility <sighs> uh-huh. journey. And we began shots and pills and surgeries and all of the things that so many of us go through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was raised in a pastor's home. And I heard every sermon Daddy ever preached at least three times before he ever made it to the pulpit because he was so excited <laughs> oh, wow. about it. He would, he would preach it at least three times before he ever made it to the pulpit. And I had been a Christian since I was a young child, but it took infertility to to really bring me into that intimate relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus Christ mm-hmm. because this was the first real crisis that affected me, not yeah. my whole family, but me. Right. And I couldn't understand why God wouldn't give me that child. And I really struggled back and forth trying to figure out what I had done to so anger God that he would withhold a baby from me. 
and I, I found myself giving giving God my spiritual resume because this is you know I, I've been to I've been to church every Sunday of my life and I've taught Sunday school since I was a sixteen year old and God I give missions and if I haven't given enough I'll I'll get my checkbook mm-hmm. you know and I went through all the reasons that I could think of that that may have angered the Almighty and none of it made sense and I could I just couldn't figure it out. And I was struggling and I was hurting so badly. But it was in those moments that I learned to dive into scripture and see, Mm -hmm. because I thought, surely, surely I can find something. And I began to open the pages of the Bible I had lived by my whole life, really. You know, and I'm seeing woman after woman and couple after couple that went through infertility. Mm -hmm. And I began to see God moving and, and making a difference in every one of their lives. You know, in different ways. Right. The stories weren't the same, but different ways, but the same God who intervened. And I began to see infertility even in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, and all of these these things. And, and God really began to teach me about himself through infertility in a way that I never would have learned before, ever. You know, and uh, he uh, eventually we came to the point where God gave us our miracle child, and we have a daughter um, who is now twenty two. So I just sprouted about fifteen gray hairs, <laughs> telling you how old I am. <laughs> you, know, you know, but um, it was it really was um, it was where I began to learn that infertility is about a whole lot more than having a baby. Mm. You know that God will really. Um, change you in a profound way. And I believe he uses infertility as a vehicle to really bring you into a closer relationship with him. Mm. Yeah, I so agree with that. Because, yeah, I definitely don't think my relationship with Christ today would be the same if I would have been able to conceive when I wanted to. Right. Um, And the ministry you do through Sarah's laughter, I think a lot of women don't realize they think they're just getting support through infertility, mm-hmm. but you're really making disciples of Jesus through what, so what you talk about. Yeah. It's it's a, a life skill. How you process trauma and hardship it applies to the entire Christian walk. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, and people will come to our support groups or to our conference, and they're so broken mm-hmm. because. Infertility is a life-changing devastation. Mm -hmm. It's not just having trouble getting pregnant. It is, but it's so much more than that because it affects every aspect of your life. It affects your your physical health, your mental health. It affects your finances and your relationship with your spouse and with your family members and your friends. Mm -hmm. Can we go out with your friends like you used to because most of them now have children and they're talking about the cost of daycare. And you're thinking... I have no idea, but I can tell you what progesterone costs. <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know, right. So true. You know, um, like that. It affects every area of your life. Yeah. And you're grieving the loss of a baby that could have been every month. Mm-hmm. And before you can even really process that grief, it starts all over again. Mm. And it, it affects everything that you do. And so you're right. I think it's a skill that you have to learn how to process. 
Yeah. Well, you mentioned support groups through Sarah's Laughter, mm-hmm. and that is one of the things about your ministry that I was the most drawn to because infertility is such a time of you feel isolated mm-hmm. and like, who can I talk to about this? Um, talk about, if, if you would, um, just the need for community and to have people around you when you're struggling with that and, and what all you all offer as far as support groups. I love support groups. And I have said before, I wish we could make it a law that every woman going for infertility had to be in a support group, <laughs> but I don't think that I don't think we could get by with that. Um, support groups, get in one, just find one and get in one, which is a lot easier said than done. And yeah. you know, half your listeners are probably thinking, "Well, she has no idea." There's not a support group anywhere around me. Yes, there is. There's one that meets in your den. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you started. <laughs> Yes, uh, and I'll tell you all about it. But these support groups, I've seen God do amazing things within these circles. I have seen women come in so broken, and I watch them. Tr- I see the, the transformation take place when they sit in a circle and they hear their story come out of somebody else's mouth. And they yeah. begin to realize that the emotions that they struggle with, they're not, that's, that they're, that they're, it's a normal expression of the grief that you feel when you go through infertility. And when you can hear somebody else explain how you feel, mm-hmm. when you are sitting in a group full of women who get it and you don't have to explain the tears that stream down your face anymore because everybody else in the mm-hmm. room understands, it is a powerful moment. Mm-hmm. And when you find that community of women who understand why you can't go down the diaper aisle at Walmart mm-hmm. and why... You know, your cousin's baby shower is too hard to go to, but you can't quite tell her no. You know, and all of these things that are part of the infertility experience, it's a powerful, powerful thing. And all the Sarah's Laughter support groups will start with a brief Bible study, too. So we bring the Word of God into it and show you how, you know, infertility is not a punishment, which is what so many of us struggle Mm -hmm. with, especially in the early days. And then helping you find ways to deal with the anxiety and the jealousy that comes when you see another woman who has conceived while you're still waiting. Right, because you can feel bad about that, too, you know? Like, I don't want to have these feelings, but I do. Right. I don't I don't like this part of me and right. I don't like what I'm seeing in myself, but I don't want to do with it. Mm-hmm. But to sit in that circle and to have somebody else sitting right there and say, I get it mm-hmm. because I did the same thing. Yeah, it is oh man, it's a powerful thing. And I mean, just I, I've seen so many people come through come to these support groups and they'll be, look, the hardest thing to do is to walk through that door the first time. And once you do mm-hmm. that, man, you, you're good. You're good. Right. Just get <laughs> that right. door, you know. But I've seen people come in and they're they're so nervous that I remember one woman and and, and she's been a guest on our podcast and she's talked about this. I, I picked at her later once she got comfortable and realized that this was her tribe and this is where she needed to be. But the first time she came in, I kind of picked at her a little bit later. She looked like she was like staring at a murder scene <laughs> because she was so nervous and oh, she was well. looking at everybody <laughs> like I don't. Want, she ended up being a support group leader. Wow. You know, oh, wow. She said, you know, that that was, that was exactly what she needed to get through that season, that support, you know, somebody that she could call and say, you know, I started another period and I, I just don't know if I can get through this one. And they talked her off that ledge and they're like, girl, you got this. Mm-hmm. You know, God's timing really is perfect and he's going to get you through this. And, you know, and, and she ended up being an amazing support in that support group and leading a support group herself and being a conference Speaker. And that wow. first time she walked in that room, if I had said boo to her, she'd have just 
you know, dissolved into a puddle on the floor, you know. Wow. But just seeing the transformation that takes place through those supporters is amazing. Well, and it's, you know, it's a biblical principle. You know, Scripture says that we are supposed to grieve with those who Mm -hmm. grieve, that we're Mm -hmm. supposed to rejoice. When one part suffers, every part in the body of Christ is supposed to suffer with it. And sometimes I think we cut off the rest of the body of Christ from support. Applying that support to us mm-hmm. because we think I'm self-sufficient. I've got this handled. Right. I've got this under control. But you mm-hmm. also are cutting off those people from rejoicing with you when the times of rejoicing come. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a biblical Absolutely. principle that we're supposed to be connected to each other and bearing each other's burdens. Um, Absolutely. Well, Beth, how do they, um, if somebody wants to join a support group and f- see if one is in their area, American Family Radio is all over the U.S. How could they maybe see if, if one of your support groups is close to them? So all you need to do is visit our website. It's sarahs-laughter.com. And we have a page on there that has all the Sarah's Laughter support groups listed across the nation. Uh, and in, and there, there's more and more coming all the time. In fact, in the next couple of weeks, we're launching two new ones, one in uh, on the East Coast and one on the West Coast. And the good news is there's a support group no matter where you are because we have an online support group mm-hmm. that is powerful and strong. And look, this is one of the, the most intense groups, uh, the most connected groups I've mm. ever seen. It's an amazing they, girl. They travel back and forth across the the country to see each other. That's, oh, how, that's how connected this group is. Um, uh, but that group meets uh, online, and they this is a tight group, and they would love to have you as a part of it. So even if we don't have a group physically meeting in your area, this online group can be a lifeline to you. Mm, it's not just one of these groups where they just they you know text back and forth or something like that. This is a real support giving group. So, but these online groups, we have them across the nation. So check on our website and see if there's one in your community. And if there's not, and you feel the urge to start one, let me know and we'll get in there with you and help you start one. Uh, We've led, we've had support groups with Sarah's Laughter since 2004. And we'll tell you, you know, the things that we've learned to make a support group be effective mm. and long-lasting. And I'll tell you the mistakes that I've made, <laughs> you know, along the way so you won't have to. Mm. So we're all about getting support groups in every community. What a beautiful uh, way to, to reach couples. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just that's so important and so life-giving. Mm-hmm. Well, there's mm-hmm. a, another aspect of your ministry that is super intriguing to me and super unique. Um, if you would, talk a little bit about the memorial services that you offer for couples who have gone through the loss of a, of a baby. Sure. Um, the loss of a baby is another thing that just breaks your heart, and it's not something that you just get over. You know, people who um, have never walked the the really hard journey of infertility and loss may not understand the devastation that it brings. But um, when a baby is lost, no matter where you are in that gestational period, it's a it's a life that deserves to be honored and remembered. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, particularly when that baby was very early in pregnancy, mm. a lot of times that baby doesn't get honored. You know, if a, in most states, if a baby is um, lost prior to 20 weeks, there is no acknowledgement of um, their life 
and sometimes only their death. Sometimes a hospital will give you a death certificate, but no certificate of birth or life mm. or anything like that. And that just hurt my heart too much. And yeah. so um, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. They'll give you a death certificate, but that doesn't even acknowledge that there was a life there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that when I found that out, that just was not okay with me. And so um, we had decided to begin doing memorial services for miscarried and stillborn babies. And after a time, we began to realize how much uh, parents grieve the loss, of, even of embryos lost in the IVF process. Mm. Because, you know, you invest financially, mm-hmm. but you invest emotionally and spiritually into these embryos that you are praying for and asking God to allow to grow into a born baby. And so we even began including embryos lost in the IVF process in our mm. memorial services. And so um, we want to honor and remember these babies and these embryos that have been lost, have been loved and yeah. carried in our hearts so much longer than in our arms. Mm-hmm. And so we'll do these memorial services and we talk about the life of these babies um, and how loved they were and, or, and are and the value and the worth and how they've been created in the likeness and the image of God, even if they're only five days post-conception, mm-hmm. you know, or wherever they were in the gestational period. And um, our memorial services will include a live butterfly release where we give the families a butterfly to represent each baby that we're honoring that day. That's where I um, lost it when I watched the video mm-hmm. on your website, by mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so pretty. Uh, it really is a beautiful thing. And we yeah. tell them, you know, we talk about how the butterfly goes through a great transformation when it goes through the cocoon and it turns from a caterpillar to a butterfly and how it didn't cease to exist. It just lives in a different reality. Mm. You know, and it has different abilities and a, a different view of everything. And, you know, that baby, it didn't it didn't cease to exist. Right. But this baby lives in a different reality. It lives in what I believe to be a literal heaven, mm-hmm. you know, um, waiting for you there. Yeah. And so um, we honor and we remember the true life of these babies. And we tell them as they release their butterfly, you know, that um, they can release some of the hurt and the pain to mm. to Jesus and allow some healing to begin. And it really is a beautiful experience. And we've had a lot of people to release one or two butterflies, and we've had people release 15 or 16 mm. butterflies. And it's a powerful moment. Mm. And it provides a lot of healing for the couples. And we give them a certificate honoring the life of their baby. I love because that. once I found out that, that most states will, like I said before, only give you a certificate of death, we've decided that we will honor the life of those babies as well, no matter how long or short it may have been, that we will honor the life of those babies. And thank you for doing that, Beth. I mean, that's one thing. When I say your podcast changed my whole walk through infertility, that's mm-hmm. one thing that really stood out to me was how you did honor those lives. Because mm-hmm. we have four babies in heaven, but they were all what we, you know, are called chemical pregnancy. So it was literally mm-hmm. the only way I really knew I was pregnant was by the blood work done at yeah. the doctor's office or by ultrasounds and them seeing extra fluid and knowing that that mm-hmm. was me having a miscarriage. And so I always felt crazy for being so sad and 
no one else, it didn't even really make sense to tell anyone else because I never had a positive pregnancy test at home, you know. And so mm-hmm. hearing your podcast and you saying, no, that was a life that we will mm-hmm. celebrate that life and we lo- will love that life really, I feel like, gave me freedom to sit in that sadness for just a minute and to say, God, I don't understand and I'm sad and I'm hurting, but to also visualize my babies in heaven. And so, um, anyway, you were, your podcast was really good for me Mm -hmm. in that way. I feel like, um, to just know that it's okay that, um, my body, I I didn't ever recognize that I was pregnant, but that I did have babies that we did lose. Mm -hmm. When that grief is such a part of the process that you have to go through that before you feel the healing Mm -hmm. you know and I'm a person that just likes to be like no we passed that phase I'm done (laughs) you know and And I was surprised that way yes you can't ignore it um well well Beth um tell us if somebody wants to become involved in one of these memorial services how how can they do so watch our website for it um anytime we have one of our conferences we always include um, a memorial service there. And that's also something that um, we do, we'll we'll do them periodically as a standalone service. Um, And um, anytime, I've done them at different conferences as well. The best way to find out about them is to watch, excuse me, watch our website and we'll promote them there and let people know. We offer them at no cost to people. Um, That's not something that uh, that's just a service that we offer to, to hearts that are grieving the loss of their baby. And we'll have them on our website under uh, upcoming events. Yes, and you have some amazing conferences. We didn't have time to go into all of them and the healing that happens when all of these women to get together. But I encourage you guys to go check out Sarah's Laughter. Go to their website. Mm-hmm. And if you can go to one of these conferences, please do. Well, Beth, would you mind closing us out in a word of prayer? I would love to. Father, we thank you uh, for your love for us and how involved you are in each and every infertility story. God, I pray you just cover every couple listening whose hearts cry out to you for a baby. And God, when these babies are conceived, we pray there's no more loss in Jesus' name. That every wife is a godly mother, every husband is a godly father who will raise these children to know you at an early age. God, I pray this world is a different place because these children are in. Lord, we commit these families to you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for loving us, for bringing us together, and for the support offered through ministries like this show. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Beth, and thank you all for listening to Hannah's Heart.